Hey y'all, I was gone for a minute, but now I'm back with the jump off. I am here with a regular, regular, sh- schmegular episode of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. Let's get it cracking, y'all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Making her way to the mic. They start dimming the lights. You start feeling alright. From Birmingham, home of the Teddy Longs and the Ruben Stutters. More once you discover. For all of the lovers, Whitney Houston and Roman Reigns. For all of the lovers, Mickey James and Marvin Gaye. For all of the lovers, and Sasha Banks, Janelle Monet, Silk, Sonic, and Paige. Allow me to say, look, I just found a place we'd escape. For every one of us, I was kind of late. Cause I just made it off the struggle bus. Walking by the fake, cause I know it's right in front of us. Yo, I ain't with the hate, gotta focus on what's great Ladies and gentlemen, Steph Hardy is on the air Had to drop a couple bars just to make you all aware So, sit back, relax, enjoy the show You know I go by Joe or the rest of vibe this is the hardy wrestling podcast with your girl stephanie hardy of course if this is your first time listening or watching along with me as i'm doing this live or if you're listening to this later thank you for joining the vibe and if this isn't your first time listening or watching with me as i do this live thank you so much for being a part of this wrestling journey and with me talking about everything that i love about professional wrestling and of course just being a part of it (laughs) of my journey the journey of wrestling as it continues to grow and evolve just thank you thank you so so much now of course in this new season on season six i've been doing multiple interviews with various people across you know the wrestling universe and beyond and i'm just so happy for all of those people who i've been able to get and to talk to like keeks like um the crew from the alabama music awards and so many different people but now it's time to get back to basics it's time to get back to what made the hardy wrestling podcast what it is today and that's talking about all the goings-ons of professional wrestling with news gossip and of course everything that i liked in professional wrestling this week and of course if you're watching along live on all of the social media platforms that's Twitter that's Facebook that's Twitch that's YouTube thank you for following me and if you haven't followed me already please go ahead and do so on the bottom you can see my social media handles follow me on Twitter and Instagram and just continue to support me as I go throughout this journey of professional wrestling and everything that we love So, of course, now that we've gotten all the pleasantries out of the way, we are moving into one of my favorite segments is News and Gossipish, where I talk about all the goings on of professional wrestling um, in the news and gossip and social media stuff. And of course, we're going to start with um, Israel Adesanya. So for those who may or may not know, Israel Adesanya is the UFC middleweight champion, and he is a longtime WWE fan. Um, and he did mention on Adam's Apple on YouTube that he is interested in having a short stint with WWE, but that he doesn't see himself doing anything long term with the company. 
He's quoted as saying, WWE was family back in the day. I'll do a one-off. I love the WWE slash WWF from back in the day. That was my era, the Attitude Era. But for me, it's not going to be a staple thing because I like to be the writer of my own story. Now, of course, he's 33 years old and he's one of UFC's top stars by being a two-time middleweight um, UFC champion and has an MMA record of 24-2 and two with 16 wins by way of knockout so if he were to decide to become a wwe superstar for only a little bit for only a, a um not really a long time but only for a little bit that would be very intriguing to see him fight the likes of say a brock lesnar or um just anyone in particular that would want to jump in and do anything wrestling related from the ufc and then it's easy simply because of the fact wwe and ufc are probably apt to work together more simply because you know they're part of the same company endeavor now that endeavor has you know absolved well not absolved but basically absorbed wwe as a part of the ufc too so so I think it's interesting that we haven't seen more UFC superstars really, you know, peep their faces into WWE since they've since the merger. But hopefully, you know, we'll get that we'll get that cracking at some point. Um, but either way, I find this very interesting. So if Israel does decide he wants to be a part of it, then that would be really cool. So moving forward um, with the rest of news and gossip, we have Becky Lynch, who was in the news this week um, from her appearance on um, After the Bell with Corey Graves and um, Kevin Patrick. He, she decided to open up a little bit about something that she was struggling with um, when it comes to her um, postpartum depression after she had her beautiful daughter Rue with Seth Rollins, her husband. Um, this was an exclusive clip that was shared with People Magazine. Um, she said that um, she initially thought she had escaped uh, postpartum depression in the years after her daughter Rue was born in 2020, but she realized that she was on edge um, during her WrestleMania run this year by saying that she was experiencing post-weaning depression since Rue had stopped breastfeeding. And then she said that it got really, really dark for a few months and I was in a really bad spot. And this was where if you listen to the interview, she started, you know, crying a little bit. Um, she said it was kind of one of those things where you're trying to pull yourself out of it because, you know, mentally, you know, I've got a great life. I've got a great husband. I've got a great baby and I'm doing this thing at the highest level that I love. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> excuse me at the highest level that I love but no reasoning with yourself was able to overcome that level of depression I didn't know you can get post weaning depression she says I didn't know you could get um so not even knowing that that was a thing um I think that was also hurting me because why am I feeling like this why am I acting like this um, she said, um, I was not realizing that this is actually a common thing that happens and there are ways you can treat it. And once you figure out the cause of all that, then you're off to the races and then you're back and then you can appreciate everything. But yeah, for a few months there, it was rough. And she also stated that someone that another mother in WWE whose name she didn't call um, recognized what she was going through. And then she pulled her aside to help. And Becky went on to say, thankfully, somebody that we all know, I won't put her on the spot. She told me what was happening because it had happened to her. 
she gave me some tips and I kind of and I kind of kept thinking it was going to pass. It was going to pass. And then it really wasn't passing. And then a blessing in disguise happened when she got a foot injury and had to take four weeks off after WrestleMania. Um, and she said that it was such a blessing and she had to face everything that she was going through because when you go, 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 you can be so distracted that you realize you're getting quite explosive that you kind of just get on with it. So I really had to face it and learn how to deal with it. And she went on to say that she dealt with supplements and tried meditation and acupuncture after finding, you know, what worked for her before she returned to television in late May. So I thought this was a very interesting story. Um, and I love that we are now living in a world where women can be more vulnerable about what it is that's happening with them um, and what it is that they're going through on a female level, on a female level, because, of course, your body's change when you're having a child. I don't know this from experience, but I've heard this from different people, different women who've had children. It's just like there are certain parts of you that really change and your emotions are have it's an emotional roller coaster that you're going through from those nine months all the way till you know you give birth and then after that you know you're expecting to get back to normal and prepare to take care of this person that you've been preparing for your whole life or the whole nine months but then eventually you know things start not feeling the same and a lot of people shame women for it a lot of times you know they're not treated as well so i'm glad that the women of in wrestling period are sharing their stories of the things that they went through you know in order to have a baby and then try to get back to themselves um afterward so i'm glad becky shared her story and i'm glad she felt vulnerable enough and safe enough to tell her story and i hope that any woman that's listening to this show knows that you are loved and you are safe and you deserve to feel you know you deserve to get back to yourself after you have a child and you deserve to seek treatments and to seek help whenever you're not feeling as normal you know as you thought that you would feel so big ups to Becky Lynch and big ups to any woman who's ever given birth ever in the entire history of life, um, because that's an amazing thing. And it's not something that should be taken for granted or lightly at all. And maybe one day I'll do it, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> moving on to the next story. We have an update on the call up. Well, not really the call up, but the return of Tommaso Ciampa. Now, he had been out for a couple of months and he made his return on this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. And it was really cool to see him because he went on to um, face basically have like an open challenge against the Miz, who was somebody who on screen he was, you know, working with as like, I guess, a mentor mentee type of deal. But then he challenged him to a match and he and everybody in Ohio on that episode was really going up for him and his return to Monday Night Raw. It was really cool. But according to Dave Meltzer from Wrestling Observer Radio, who we do still have to take with a grain of salt, um, there the word is, is that he will join former tag team partner and close friend Johnny Gargano in the way um, once they finally return. And he said that it is a welcome return of sort of normalcy after Ciampa was called up to the main roster in 2022 and inexplicably paired with the Hollywood A-lister The Miz against a um sorry excuse me not that um and what's so funny is it's just like I think it's weird but then cool at the same time if he does go back with Johnny Gargano because of their historic rivalry that they had going on um in 
NXT, but then you also think of their partnership. Before The Way existed, there was DIY. Um, and DIY was a very highly decorated tag team um, championship team. And it was just really cool to see him and Johnny, you know, sort of burn through the NXT tag division together. And all the more heartbreaking when they broke up. It was just like, yo, like, why are they breaking up? What is happening? And once they had that rivalry going, like, it was really, really intense. I'll never forget watching one of the NXT takeovers with my best friend, Cinnamon. Shout out to her. And they were fighting in a street fight. And I believe it was Chicago Street Fight or something like that. And she thought that was one of the most terrifying things she had ever seen and I was just like yeah this is the this is what I live with every day <laughs> but yeah um it would be welcomed if Tommaso and Johnny got back together um and if they had a chance to run back a 2.0 version of their um of their friendship slash rivalry like that would be really cool but of course if you guys are watching along let me know in the comments how you feel about a possible DIY reunion or a way collective with um, Tommaso Ciampa, or if you would rather see Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano as enemies. Um, it's whatever for me, but I would like to see them sort of run back their rivalry at some point on uh, main roster television. That would be sick, but I hope that the audience would grow to appreciate it um, even more. So yeah, those, that's the news on Tommaso Ciampa, but we are glad to see him back. Moving on to another hot topic, hot button news story. We have CM Punk <laughs> and his return to wrestling after um, after being gone for months and dealing with, you know, an injury and also dealing with the blowback from that press conference and that post-press conference fight that he had with the Young Bucks. Oh my God, if you've heard about it, you've heard about it. If you haven't, I suggest you go and Google it because it's insane. Um, so CM Punk made his return last weekend on AEW Collision, which is AEW's new show that comes on on Saturday nights live. And of course, their first episode was in Chicago, which is CM Punk's hometown. And you know, they were going up for him and they were loving on him, cheering him and all of the above. But there have been some rumors about what the vibe is like backstage since he's returned and, you know, stuff about his promo and the things that he had to say about what he's been going through as well as the statement he made about the young bucks calling them counterfeit bucks. So Mike Johnson of PW Insider Elite reported that CM Punk's collision promo was 100% off the cuff um, and that's probably why the locker room is divided according to Dave Meltzer and um, he described the divisiveness um, he described the divisiveness at a pretty bad point again, with both sides taking exception to the other, taking their issues public instead of keeping them in-house, as had been the agreement from the start. And CM Punk, of course, made light of the perceived softness on the part of the elite, um, while Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks openly mocked him during a trio's main event in Chicago back in November of 2022. So, yeah, it... This promo kind of rubbed people the wrong way a little bit um there are some people where it was just kind of like they either liked it and felt like oh my god he called out the young bucks and then there were other people who felt like okay he really didn't say what he was bigging himself up to actually say and they were really disappointed in that and then on top of that they may have also been disappointed with how he performed um in his match um 
which was a tag team match with FTR versus Samoa Joe, um, Juice Robinson, and a couple of others, and like one other person who I can't remember right now. But yeah, um, the crowd was really going up for him being there because, you know, like I said, it was in Chicago and he's from Chicago. And then, of course, they were revisiting the rivalry the CM Punk had with Samoa Joe in Ring of Honor, which a part of me low-key felt like if they were going to have that, that maybe they should have had it on a Ring of Honor show. But seeing as Ring of Honor is not on TV and that it's just online, it just wasn't, you know, that just wasn't where it was going to work and they need viewership. So, yeah, this is a new show. So I get it. But at the same time, you know, there was a lot of excitement, you know, around Collision and stuff like that. And the fact that CM Punk was there as their main draw, seeing as this is supposed to be his show. um, A lot of people were really disappointed with this promo and that it wasn't as full of vitriol like his other, you know, promos have been historically. So either way, CM Punk is back in wrestling. And as long as he's on television, people are going to keep watching because I do believe it was reported that the YouTube video with his promo was viewed over one million times. So it's pretty clear that he is still a draw when it comes to professional wrestling, no matter where he's at. Um, So as long as he's on TV, we're going to watch him. And on top of that, he's supposed to be guest starring on... um, heels which is the star show about wrestling but then i'll get to that a little bit more um later in news and gossipish so big ups to cm punk and hopefully no more drama will happen you know with him being back in AEW now like seriously like we don't need any more drama like let's just keep it chill okay now and of course i did forget to mention that tonight at forbidden door which is the AEW new japan crossover event he will be competing in the quarterfinals of the owen hart foundation tournament and he will be fighting against satoshi kojima so big ups to him for that and i hope he you know does well in that so yeah no more drama though cm punk please calm calm it down now moving forward with more news and gossipish we have news about jeff hardy my brother in my head um now of course the hardys a few weeks ago lost a match to the guns a few um on an episode of dynamite but according to a new report that there was a necessary reason behind the outcome and behind um the hardys getting beat by the gun brothers so and also they got attacked by the bullet club um gold members so according to fightful select the post-match angle on Dynamite is intended to write Jeff Hardy off of AEW programming while the company is running its tour of Canada. Jeff is unable to enter the country due to his history of run-ins with law enforcement. The most recent was a DUI case in Florida that stemmed from a tra- traffic stop excuse me, in June 2022 that resulted in Jeff's arrest and a plea agreement in February allowed him to avoid any further jail time and it was his third DUI arrest in 2019 well since 2019 and it's kind of sad when you really think about how a lot of his mistakes of course you know blow back on his wrestling career and considering he just got back and he's still in recovery and he seems to be doing well um It makes me sad that he won't be able to participate in all the awesomeness that is going to happen in Canada with AEW. But at the same time, I'm sure once they do come back to the United States, he'll be back on TV, you know, doing all of the things and getting into all of the tag team shenanigans with his brother, um, Matt. So big ups to Jeff for, 
um, his recovery and we hope that he just stays in recovery this time and doesn't relapse at all because I don't think I'd be able to handle it really well if anything bad happened to Jeff Hardy at all. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't handle it at all. I would be really sad if something did happen. And then I'm also low-key worried about him period because it seems like every time I see something or watch a match with him wrestling it seems like it's hurting him more and more and I don't want to tell I can't ever tell any athlete when it's their time to finish but I just really worry for him you know and the pain that he might possibly be going through but I just hope he just stays in recovery and doesn't ever relapse ever so and I just hope that he can wrestle a little bit longer before he does decide to hang up the boots. And yeah, just give us more of what he can give us while he still can. So we love Jeff Hardy here on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast, obviously. So yeah. Moving on to more news and gossipish, we had Mickey James in the news this weekend. Um, from hearing about her possible return to impact wrestling after dealing with her um, rib injury that she sustained and also with her talking about Dana Brooke um, her husband and fellow impact star Nick Aldis provided an update on her current status during a conversation with cultaholic wrestling's Tom Campbell he said that she's 100% so now it's just a case of she's just waiting for her right moment we do have interest outside of wrestling we have a supplement company and Mickey has her show and the and the music stuff and we have the horses. We're also producing a show in Australia. And Mickey is also a producer of The Last Match musical. She's really just sort of weighing up where she wants to spend her time because we also have a son. So it's also a case of making the best use of our time that means we have to be away from our son. She needs to be on something that she feels is valuable and worthwhile. She's certainly going to show up again at Impact Wrestling at some point, but like I said, it's finding the right time. She's been around enough. She's not in a rush to get back for attention's sake. She's going to bide her time and make it meaningful. Now, of course, the last time she was on Impact Wrestling, she had to relinquish the Impact Knockouts World title in April due to a broken rib as well as a shoulder injury. And she last wrestled um, on the Impact tapings on February the 26th. And of course, I'm glad that she is feeling better. And I also love that she's interested in so many different things and that she's a producer of The Last Match musical, which should be taking place soon in New York or New Jersey. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but of course, they have other business ventures that they've got going on outside of wrestling. So I'm glad that she is still interested in getting back to the ring, but it's just a matter of them finding time. And of course, since they have a family with their son, they have to find the right time to actually do it. And I'm glad um, for him. So that's going to be really cool when she does come back because y'all, Impact Wrestling, I don't know if you guys have been watching lately, but Impact Wrestling has been doing a fantastic job with their knockouts division. And of course, dealing with Deanna Peraza winning the title now against Jordan Grace, who of course cannot challenge for the knockouts title anymore as long as Deanna's champion. So they had their rivalry going on. And then you also have the arrival of Trinity, formerly known as Naomi in WWE, she's made her presence felt and it's just really sick stuff going on. Like, I cannot believe <laughs> that we live in a world where Trinity is in Impact Wrestling and that she's getting it cracking with all of these other women that we never thought she would wrestle ever. 
And then, of course, Trinity is getting ready to fight Deanna for the knockouts title. And then, of course, and then, of course, she has this ongoing feud with Giselle Shaw and her crew. So Impact Wrestling really has a lot of cool stuff going on. So I suggest if you're not watching Impact Wrestling, please do, because they're awesome. And of course, if you can't watch them on your cable provider, you can watch them online. I believe Impact has a streaming service. So if you want to look up, look that up, you can find it too. Um, so yeah, like, please check out Impact and their women's division. Their women's division is on fire now. And I just can't wait to see what more they have to offer. And I can't wait to see Mickey James in the mix because I really don't think we've ever seen a Trinity versus Mickey James match. I really don't think we've ever seen that. So if we could get that, I would be happy. I would just be really happy if we got a Trinity versus Mickey James um, match. So yeah, that would be really cool. So yeah. And then also, um, with more with Mickey James stuff, she was on the busted open, um, radio show this week and she gave her reaction to Dana Brooke dealing with the NXT, um, blowback that she dealt with this week in her match versus Cora Jade. She feels Mickey James felt like Dana Brooke's, um, talent's she feels like the company is doing a disservice to Dana Brooks talents with her current role on the show. She quoted, I felt like Dana Brooke was the wrong choice to send to NXT in the first place. It's one thing when you send a Seth Rollins or you send Natalia back because they have the respect and their workhorses. You know what I mean? Dana was taught the WWE style system and there's this whole new generation of that same kind of system, but more elaborate. James pointed out. Um, and then she pointed out that Brooke came from a gymnastics and fitness background and had to learn wrestling in the style that WWE was teaching at the time she came in. And she said that that audience never really truly respected Dana when she was down there before. And then that's one of the reasons why they brought her up to the main roster. She continued by saying, I love Dana. I've worked with Dana. I think she's a fabulous person. I think she really has tried really, really hard in the last couple of years, especially to be more respected for her in-ring work and for her ability. Um, and then, of course, Tommy Dreamer went on to say a couple of other things as well that weren't exactly the most flattering. But either way, I feel when it comes to Dana Brooke being in NXT, I feel like this could have the same effect as um, it did with Mandy Rose in which she could have a renaissance of her career. But I feel like a lot of people are coming down on Dana Brooke and the system of bringing her to NXT um, before it's really had a chance to grow. Um, I feel that now there should be more of an opportunity for us to see more of what she has to offer as um, an NXT starlet that could very well grow. I feel like we are sort of rushing the process with her because we're so used to seeing her on the main roster that it's almost like, okay, when are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? When, when, when? And it's gradual. Like for some people, it really is like a gradual change. Like maybe I'm sure that somebody can pull her, pull Dana to the side and make it seem like, look, you need to make a change. This wasn't exactly what worked, you know, this may have worked then, but this doesn't work now. I've heard few a few people on, on certain wrestling podcasts say that they felt like maybe she needs to change up her character a bit more because when it comes to Mandy Rose in comparison, she changed her entire look up. She dyed her hair brunette. 
She had on newer outfits. And of course, she um, pulled together two other women, Gigi, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane, to create toxic attraction. And it wasn't the same person that you were getting, you know, on the main roster as God's greatest creation, which is true. But of course, we have to give Dana Brooke time because we can't also forget that this. this has been the same woman who's been giving people amazing matches on main event of course if you watch main event you would know that but if you don't watch it or if you're not on social media you wouldn't necessarily know but in the past couple of months people really have been bigging up Dana Brooks's main event work with the other girls you know who are either ready to come up or not really ready to come up yet but then wants to give exposure to them on main roster shows so honestly I feel like Dana Brooke definitely does deserve more respect in that regard and she should not have been treated the way that she was treated in the crowd on NXT. That was rough. And even though we are fans and we're going to be vocal no matter what, I feel like there's a difference between being a fan and just outright just being ugly for no reason. Dana was the face as she was fighting Cora Jade and Actual Hill. And they were crapping all over Dana Brooke. And that was hard to listen to and it was hard to witness. So hopefully Dana Brooke will get it together. Um, but I feel like blaming her for how they were reacting was just not the move. Um, when clearly Dana Brooke is in a face direction and everybody's just crapping on her. But then again, she could use it to her benefit. You never know. But either way, here's hoping that Dana Brooke does turn around. And also here's hoping that Mickey James will come back on television soon because we do need that. So moving forward with more news and gossip-ish. We have Miss AJ Mendez, of course, formerly known as AJ Lee. She made quite a kerfuffle <laughs> on social media this week when she took pictures of herself on and posted them on Instagram of her growth. And she has muscles now, guys. It is absolutely amazing. And I'm going to, you know, make the picture bigger so you guys can see in comparison. Like, AJ has really gotten bulkier and bigger and she's been working out, you know, a whole lot on purpose. And she wrote on Instagram, you know, the reasons why, you know, she's going through this change right now. And of course, if you see the picture on the left, you see that AJ was sort of, she was small and she was, you know, fit and everything, but she looked relatively normal. Whereas now she definitely has bulked up, you know, in those arms and those triceps and biceps and her abs are way more defined. She is working out. And on Instagram, when she posted her picture, she said, I never write much here because it feels like socializing and it gives me introvert sweats. But I wanted to answer your questions. I started upping my fitness game last spring while shooting wild superheroes and heels and stuck with it for a year. I have a fitness certification, so I built my own program, started creatine, discovered HIT, um, Increased my protein intake and played with progressive overload. I was never hungry. I listened to my body, gave it carbs when it wanted, and took many days, many off days to keep my muscles safe because the key to consistency for me is finding a routine that feels, um, sustainable long term i'm not a doctor this is just my personal experience so consult a pro but i believe crash diets zero carb diets and pushing through pain are bs be nice to yourself be patient and you'll stick with it longer i gave myself a whole year to reach my goal we should never work out to earn food or punish ourselves only to improve our physical and mental health feel stronger and to scare strangers on the street 
And what's so funny is um, people in the comments, especially um, the Tonga twins from Wow Superheroes, were saying, making comments saying, see you in the ring and stuff like that. And I'm just like, hold on, because that's what a lot of people thought was going on. A lot of people thought AJ was working out to possibly come back in the ring and possibly go back with um, CM Punk on AEW or to make her in-ring debut on Wild Superheroes and I thought that would have been amazing but seeing as she has a really bad injury that I think um, she doesn't want to aggravate too much she might not want to do it you know or go back into it really fast but I did love seeing these pictures of her you know on Instagram because like she says she she rarely if ever posts like she really doesn't post like that at all um and even on women's wrestling talk when we're like live tweeting or when i'm live tweeting with wow superheroes anything that she'll say is just like she really she's not on social media she doesn't see it so i'm really glad that she is working on herself you know and just making herself better for the sake of her mental health and her physical health and stuff like that and who knows maybe one day she might come back to the ring but i hope if she does come back to the ring she'll come back on wow first Come back on WOW first. <laughs> please do WOW first before you go anywhere else, AJ, please. Um, if you do come back. And of course, like she said, she was filming for Heels um, and their new season on Stars. And of course, this picture, these pictures were released by Heels on Stars on Twitter and Instagram. And you see this picture of her, you know, looking kind of cagey here with like a bottle of whatever. It looks like medicine. But she's looking kind of crazy at whoever this is that she's looking at. And the thing that I love is that in this picture, she has on her Converse. And I'm just like, yes, Chuck Taylor team, yes, come on. So I'm really excited to see what, what she's going to be doing on heels alongside her husband, CM Punk. We don't know if they're both going to be in scenes together or not. But either way, I'm really excited about what she has to offer and what she has to bring. So big ups to AJ Mendez still being a part of wrestling as a whole. I am just so thrilled and so happy for her. Um, and yeah, that's really all for news and gossipish properly. But I do want to get on here and talk about something cool that happened to me in terms of news and gossipish. The Hardy Wrestling Podcast got to be featured on a get to know series that was written by Tyree Simon of SE Scoops. So if you read any form of wrestling, you know, media or wrestling journalism or whatever, you know that SE Scoops is one of the best um, websites for wrestling news ever. And last year I had the pleasure of meeting Tyree Simon um, at Black WrestleFest in New York. And he was doing, you know, he was going around and he was participating in a panel, you know, for all black men as I participated in mine for all black women in wrestling too. And he was just really, you know, happy to meet me and he was, and I was happy to meet him. We were really excited to talk to each other and everything. And he was working on profiles on a lot of the people that he had met um, at Black WrestleFest. And so he interviewed me and he did an article about me. So if you read SE Scoops, please check it out. It's called Get to Know the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. And we had such a good time talking and chopping it up about wrestling and my wrestling journey and how I've grown in multiple avenues in wrestling since I've started the show. Please check it out. Um, and please just continue to be supportive of me and also of se scoops and tyree simon as a whole because he's a really great writer and interviewer we had such a good time so just please um continue to support the brand i'm just so proud 
that I was actually able to be on this website as a featured person. Like, it's cool. So, yeah, I believe that's really all for news and gossipish. And now we're going to go to what I liked in wrestling this week. Da 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 da. So, when it comes to what I liked in wrestling this week, I have to start with Black Wrestling's annual BRP 50. Um, when it comes to this list, um, the Black Wrestling Podcast, which is made up of Cal, um, Mimi, um, Davis, aka Drip, um, Fam, and um, Math Damon, they are pioneers when it comes to black wrestling journalism and black wrestling podcasting and I look up to them so much and of course I've had them on my show as well for black history month as we talked about you know the evolution of black characters and every year for Juneteenth they release the BRP 50 which is kind of like their way of giving big props to black wrestlers who otherwise might not have made it on ranking lists elsewhere and I'm really happy that they're that they have been doing this for five years and the fact that some of the best people including wrestlers that I have met or worked with or people that I am huge fans of made this list really blessed my soul and I won't go through the whole 50 here but I just want to just talk about the the number one and number two and then also um a few more as well so of course number two was Carmelo Hayes Carmelo him Hayes who is the current NXT champion and I, I was, of course, blessed enough to see him become NXT champion at NXT Stand and Deliver in L.A. And I just love watching him wrestle because he's just so good. And he has that ooze about him that just says, I'm next up and I'm the one, okay? And to see him go from where he was, I believe he was in the top 10 last year, to bump up to number two is really saying something to his work ethic and how much he really does want to continue to be that guy in wrestling. And so I'm just so happy for him. And the fact that he's so young um, just makes it even greater too. So big ups to Carmelo Hayes. And then the fact that Bianca Belair was number one for the second year in a row. That is incredible. It's absolutely incredible because Bianca was literally Raw Women's Champion from last year's WrestleMania all the way to this year's WrestleMania and even a little bit beyond that. And that is just such a beautiful thing. Like the dominance of Bianca and with her being as authentic as she is, being herself always, it's just a blessing to witness every single week. And her character is now growing a whole lot more, of course, since she lost the Raw Women's title or as you say, as you could say now, the Women's Championship to Asuka and Night of Champions. There's so much more growth and there's so much more fierceness that we might see from her even now. And I'm just so happy, you know, to be a witness to it. I'm really happy that she is dominant and she is a star. and She is unapologetically the EST of WWE. And she's someone that my mama loves. So <laughs> the fact that she's number one two years in a row is just an absolute blessing. And it's iconic. And I can't say enough good things about Bianca Belair that I haven't already said. Um, or else I'll sound like a broken record. So congratulations to these two in particular because I love them so much. And they're just so dominant and so talented. And I'll talk more about Carmelo Hayes and Bianca a little bit later in the show. Um as I talk about what I liked in wrestling, but I just wanted to give them a shout out. And then also on the list, you had Willow Nightingale, who was number seven. Now, of course, she got called up to a, well, she got signed to AEW last year 
And it's so funny how it happened because she got signed a little bit after um, I called action for her at Black Girl Magic 2022 in New York. And I met her and her tag team partner for Thick and Juicy 2.0, um, Brooke Valentine. And they are absolutely the sweetest people on the planet. And to see her rise and get called up to, and not, I keep saying get called up, I'm sorry, um, <laughs> and get signed to AEW. And we're seeing her on television every week. We're seeing her on Ring of Honor every week. And for her to go on to become the first ever New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Women's Champion, it's just absolutely a blessing. Like, I'm so happy for her. Every time I see her, you know, make history in some way, shape or form, I smile because the idea that this woman was on her way to making it, you know, right as, you know, I was able to meet her and talk with her and, you know, give her encouragement and big her up on commentary just blesses my soul. And I'm just so happy to see her succeeding and just doing well. And even today, she's going to be wrestling on, I will I believe she either she's already wrestled this week. I believe it was yesterday. Um, AEW has so many shows, y'all. I'm sorry. She did wrestle and she went forward in the Owen Hart tournament. And I am just so happy for her. And I just want her to just continue to be her best self. And then, of course, today she does wrestle Tony Storm for the AEW Women's World title. Now, it would be so cool if she won that match and became a double champion in AEW and... Um, essentially being the second black woman, I believe, to be the AEW Women's World Champion. Um, but we'll just have to see where it goes. And even if she doesn't win tonight, she'll still be a champion, you know, later on, hopefully. So, yeah, Willow Nightingale, the Hardy Wrestling Podcast loves you. And I'm just so happy for you. And then, of course, number eight. <laughs> number eight. My Mercedes, my, my Mercedes. I feel like since I've done a whole series about her and her greatness, um, I'm happy that she is back on the list again. After being on the list as a whole nother character for so long, um, I'm just really thrilled that she's back on the list as another character that's on her own terms as Mercedes Monet, um, which is kind of more of herself. And also just the fact that she's been so dominant lately because this year, like ever since, you know, she and Trinity left WWE, you know, there was so much mystery surrounding what was going to happen with them, where they were going to go and stuff like that. But they were always in the conversation and she was always, you know, doing extra things like movies and stuff like that. And then, of course, this January, she came back and made her debut in New Japan and then she had her Battle in the Valley match on Black History Month and won the IWGP Women's title from Kyrie in a stellar match. And she's just gone on to have greater matches even after that with some of the best women in Japanese women's wrestling, period. And even though she's not a champion now and she is out with injury, of course, um, with her match from um, collision with... Well, not collision, but from resurgence with Willow Nightingale. I'm more than sure when she does come back to wrestle, it will be huge. And maybe, you know, she'll want a rematch with Willow. Maybe, you know, they'll have, you know, Willow versus Mercedes too. But just the fact that the both of these women are together on the BRP 50 is just absolutely incredible. Um, and I'm just so proud of them and everyone who ranked on this list. Like, shout out to all of y'all and all of the work that you guys put in throughout you know, the year and even in the Indies too, like 
I'm so happy to see y'all thriving and just doing the dang thing. Look at us, black people in wrestling, winning. I'm so happy. So, yeah, that was something I really liked in wrestling this week. And also, if you haven't read the list, please go on Black Wrestling on um, Instagram and on Twitter and please check it out because it's really good stuff, real good stuff. So big ups to Black Wrestling. I thank them for their contributions when it comes to um, wrestling journalism and Black wrestling journalism and for paving the way for people like me. So, yeah. Now, moving into things that I liked in wrestling this week, starting with Monday Night Raw with the girls. Chelsea Green had a segment of her being a Karen. (laughs) I don't have the footage of it on here, and I wish I did. But on Raw, if you count it this week, there was a segment showing her being a Karen in multiple situations at a store, at a gas station, in traffic, on TikTok. And it was just absolutely innovative how that happened. I love that with WWE, they're, they're using more social media trends to actually put people over um, when it comes to like different promo packages and stuff like that to get people to know these newer characters. And I'm happy that they're doing more of that with Chelsea Green. And something that Chelsea Green really deserves more credit for is her character work across every promotion she's ever been in. Like every character that she sinks her teeth into it's like she's really into it and she really lets you know it's like you can barely tell the difference between where she begins you know and the character ends because she's always really into it and every time she threatens to get a manager it makes me want to roll my eyes which basically means she's doing her job so if you haven't caught that on raw please go back and watch it because it's really funny because it really does remind you of all of the situations that we see on tiktok or on twitter where someone is not being their best self and they're complaining about something that they really have no power over in the first place and it's just like oh my god but it's wrestling and it's chelsea and it's cool So big ups to Chelsea Green for coming up with that character. It's something that I have been, you know, quietly enjoying. Um, But then it low-key gets on my nerves too, but it's doing its job. So congratulations to her on that. And also, when it comes to the women, my favorite NXT tag team for the women got called up in the draft. And that's, of course, Team KC Squared. That's Caden Carter and Katana Chance, formerly known as Katie Catanzaro. Um, they got called up to Raw and they have been killing it since they've been in action. Like last week, they fought Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. And even though they didn't come out with the win and didn't win the women's tag team titles, they still put on a heck of a show. And when it comes to their action this week against Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green, speaking of which, they did a phenomenal job. Like their tag team chemistry just never ceases to amaze me. Like they just continue to just get better and better each and every time they're in the ring and it just never ends and of course you know they have their whole party girl gimmick and stuff like that and hopefully that will you know translate to the larger um raw audience but when it comes to their in-ring work there's just no question they are the best women's tag team um in wrestling today they're amazing they're just absolutely amazing and i just can't wait to see more of what they have to offer and maybe at some point you know they will get the chance to challenge for those now unified women's tag team titles that are currently being held by ronda and Shayna. but team casey squared is really doing a fantastic job and i can't wait to see more of what they have to offer on raw um another thing i liked in wrestling this week was maxine dupree who has somehow left her maximum male models behind 
Um, <laughs> I forgot. I don't even know how that happened. But she's now hanging out with Otis and the Alpha Academy more and Chad Gable. And Chad Gable has been coaching Maxine Dupree in wrestling a whole lot more. And she was actually able to give Valhalla an amazing suplex on the floor outside of the ring as Alpha Academy was fighting the Viking Raiders. So big ups to her for that. That was really cool. Um, Even though it did wind up costing them due to distraction, it was still really cool to see her do stuff like that. And then to do it in a sparkly jumpsuit, which is the same jumpsuit that Trinity had on at Wale Mania. Um, Big ups to the person on Twitter who caught that. It was just really cool to see that happen. And hopefully maybe at some point, you know, she'll get better in ring and then we'll see more of what she has to offer there. Another thing I liked on Raw this week with the women was the fact that Becky Lynch wound up costing Raquel Rodriguez her spot in the Money in the Bank match. Um, Or at least the spot that she could have had in the Money in the Bank match and giving it to Trish Stratus because she started beating up on Zoe Stark and Trish Stratus outside of the ring. Um, which wound up getting Raquel disqualified. So now Becky has to essentially fight the world in the Money in the Bank match. And I think that's really funny. And the way that Becky was looking like super shocked with a beat face was just hilarious. <laughs> it was really hilarious. I was like, girl, Becky, you just done ruined everything for yourself. You got to fight all of your ops with the exception of Zelina Vega in this match now. Like, I know you I know you feel a little bit crazy. Like, that has to be insane. And I know there were some people online who were saying that they feel like, you know, Becky could very well take it because she's going to fight all of her ops. But honestly, I feel like Becky Lynch doesn't need the Money in the Bank briefcase. Even though she said in her interview on After the Bell, which I previously mentioned in News and Gossipish, that she really wanted to win it because she's never won it before. And she was in the very first Women's Money in the Bank match that was won by Carmella via some mess. But either way, Carmella won it. Um, it's just, I just don't feel like Becky at this stage in her career really needs the Money in the Bank briefcase. There is so much that she has already done to get it and then on the podcast she was talking about how when you have the money in the brain brief briefcase nothing you know elicit nothing in wrestling elicits that type of shocking response than knowing when a person is about to cash in and you know take their opportunity and I'm just like ma'am you've already done that like not to be mean but you did that when you challenged Bianca Belair for the Smackdown women's title and beat her in 26 seconds you literally shocked the world when you did that and you didn't need money in the bank to do it. So maybe there's a reason why you've never won money in the bank. Maybe it's because you've grown so much as a character and so much of your legend has grown that you don't need the money in the bank briefcase. I feel like the briefcase should be reserved for people who could really actually use it to up their game as characters who we really don't see a whole lot of as much. And when it comes to Becky Lynch, she could just challenge for any women's title when she wants to. Honestly, at this point, she could challenge whenever she wants to because she's Becky Lynch. She's one of the four horsewomen. She can do that if she wants to. She doesn't need the K, the the um the briefcase to do it. Um so yeah. 
as you can tell, I'm really rooting for Zelina Vega to win because she really has, you know, earned her keep, you know, since she's been back and stuff. And I just want an opportunity to go to her or really just to anyone else um, that could actually use it, like an EO Sky or um, a Zoe Stark. But most definitely Zelina Vega is my number one pick, but it's definitely not Becky. I'm sorry. I just don't feel like she needs it. But yeah, moving forward. Um, yeah, she's having to face the world. She has to face Bailey, EO, Zoe, Trish, and Zelina. And it's just going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. But I really feel like Zelina really could take it simply because of the fact that everyone keeps underestimating her and not really mentioning her as a possible threat. And I feel like that's her biggest motivation to win. Um, and I just really want her to win. Like her biggest motivation is the fact that no one really sees her as a potential threat. And honestly, I am also happy to see Trish in this match too, because she, during the time in which her first reign was going on, matches like this didn't exist for the women. So I'm glad that she gets to participate in it, but I just don't want anybody else to win except Zelina. <laughs> that's literally it Zelina has more of a motivation to win she has more of a dog in this fight than any of these women period to me so yeah that's just how I feel but moving on more into what I kind of or did not like too much in wrestling this week was just the treatment of Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin these two have been on the struggle bus ever since the Hurt Business broke up and it makes me say it. Um, all they ever do is just get beat up by Indu Sheer for like two or three weeks in a row. And something better has to happen for them. And I love how Big Swole, shout out to her, who is Cedric Alexander's wife, you know, got on Twitter and talked about, you know, how they really do deserve better than to just be treated like, you know, jobbers and afterthoughts. And she's absolutely right. They deserve more. And even if the Hurt Business never gets back together, something needs to happen with them. I feel like with them competing on main event and with them being as talented as they are, especially with Shelton Benjamin having been in the business as long as he has, I feel like more should be given to them. I don't know if it's more character work, more time. I don't know what it is, but something more needs to happen with them. I don't know if it's going to take them recreating. I, I don't necessarily want to use the hurt business part as a crutch because they could be amazing without that. But if it takes them getting back with MVP and Omos for a new newer version of the hurt business, then maybe. But then even if they aren't with the hurt business, like they deserve more than to just getting beat, getting beat every week by the next big bad tag team it's frustrating it's really frustrating and I just want better for them like I really do so I don't know what it's gonna take but I just want better for them so yeah here's hoping that they will get better at some point then there's this part that I didn't really like too much about Raw Logan Paul inserting himself in the money in the bank match all of the other men, Butch slash Pete Dunne, Shinsuke, LA Knight, Ricochet, all the other dudes that have fought their way to qualify for the Money in the Bank match 
And this man just gets to walk up on the ladder and just say, I'm inserting myself into blah, blah, blah. Like that frustrated me. That made me mad because why? You also don't need the money in the bank briefcase because you and your celebrity is a part of the reason why you were able to challenge Roman Reigns for the undisputed universal title at Crown Jewel. Was it last year? Yeah, last year. You challenged him and had a great match with him for the title, but ultimately you didn't win. So why in the world are you inserting yourself in this Money in the Bank briefcase match? You don't need it, sis, bro, person. You don't need it. <laughs> you don't need it. Why are you here? It's just frustrating. It's really frustrating, but I am happy that LA Knight proceeded to roast the crap out of him and tell him that he can that he can take this map and see where you can shove every one of those bottles of prime yeah okay i'm really happy that he did that because sweetheart it is la night's time i am like everybody else as cool as it would be if anybody else won the money in a break brief briefcase i really feel like it's la night's time it's his time to win the briefcase because he is so hot and the crowd loves him so much, even though he's a heel. It's hilarious. Like, how do you hate this man? Even on SmackDown, when he fought Rey Mysterio, like he was ripping his mask off and yet they were booing that. And Santos, who's in the Money in the Bank match too, like he came out to his rescue. It's like, it's so hard to boo him because he's just, he's just so funny. And because he has that viral, you know, that viralness about him on TikTok and on Twitter and stuff. Like, people love L.A. Knight. So, I want L.A. Knight to win Money in the Bank. That would be cool. Um, that would seriously be cool if he did win. But, Logan Paul, this is not your game. This is not your game. Please don't. Like, if they give this to Logan Paul, I will roll my eyes so far in the back of my head. I'll probably need surgery to get him out. It's L.A. Knight's time. So, yeah. Um, and then of course you had Cody Rhodes. This is really short and sweet, but Cody Rhodes had a match later on on Raw, um, which I believe main evented if I'm not mistaken, but I just love this precious moment that he had when he was interviewing with Kathy Kelly and there was this child reaching to touch him and he touched him, he touched his hand and you could tell he was reaching for a pen or something like that. And he really wanted to like sign something for him, but he couldn't because he had to be on camera. But Cody Rhodes is a sweetheart. Okay. He is the champion that we deserve in life. He really is the champion that we deserve in life. Um, he's a sweet guy. And every time there are children around, his heart is like, he, he, he just melts your heart every time he gets around kids. He loves us. You can tell he really just loves being around the fans and being and giving them a great experience. So big ups to Cody Rose for just being an all around angel of a person. And here's to one day you being a champion that we all deserve, okay? And hopefully you'll get your lick back on Roman Reigns one day. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, I just love him. But moving into NXT and Gold Rush, I get to talk about what I loved about this. Now, Gigi Dolan has been getting into different feuds ever since she finished her feud with JC Jane, which was pretty insane for the most part, but I am glad that she has finished with it and that she did win their last um, extreme cage match that they had. Um, 
she had this really cool segment where she was talking about art um, and how she and how it connects with her soul and stuff. And I just thought this was really amazing and different for her, you know, from hearing about her background and stuff and all the stuff that she's had to deal with, you know, with abuse and stuff. Um, and I'm so happy that she's overcome all of those harsh things in her life to make her to turn her life into something for herself and her brother. Um, but I just really love the segment that she had where she was talking about art and she was talking about all the murals that she was going around to look at. And some of them and one mural was a mural of Dolly Parton. And I was like, hey, what up, Dolly? So this was really cool. And I also just love Gigi because I just have a massive girl crush on her. She's just so cute to me. I love her so much. Um, yeah, hopefully that doesn't make me sound weird, but she's just so pretty to me. She just has a very unique beauty to her. Um, and I just want her, I wanted her to win the NXT Women's title so bad at Stand and Deliver, but it just didn't wind up that way because Jay-Z got in her way and just wanted to tear her down or whatever. But Gigi really is that girl and I hope we can appreciate her you know, a whole lot more and we get to see her growth as an athlete a whole lot more because I believe this week she's this coming week she's supposed to be fighting Kiana James for Gold Rush. So I can't wait to see how that turns out. So, yeah, big ups to Gigi. Um, we love her here. And then I love the pep rally that NXT had for Thea Hale because she's the number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship that is currently being held by Tiffany Stratton. Now, this is where I guess... I get to be a little bit, I guess, not really me, but this is more of a comfortability thing, I guess, for me and um, Tiffany Stratton and I guess with Becky Lynch, too. This is just me talking about the things I just don't necessarily like. I felt like it was a little bit too soon for Tiffany Stratton to be the champion. Um, it felt like, you know, she had just gotten... You know, she was really good anyway, but it felt like she had just gotten, you know, her bearings and her character stuff going like just maybe last year. And so the idea that they sort of fast tracked her to being the NXT Women's Champion just kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. And it made me feel like maybe they were doing this because she fits a certain aesthetic that they're missing because the person who did fit that aesthetic is no longer with the company. Um, it was just kind of frustrating for me to see that, but she's the champion and that's what we have to live with and yeah she is great in the ring or whatnot and her character is really well defined um and stuff like that but I just felt like it was a bit too soon for her but the truth is the truth and she is the champion so yeah I love that Thea Hill was able to have this moment where she got to celebrate with her chase you buddies um this whole scene just looked like a scene that was pulled out of bring it on <laughs> Because they just look like the Rancho Carne Toros. <laughs> it was just really sick for me to look at. And I just really loved it. And Thea Hale just seems like she's just genuinely excited to just be a part of everything. You know, not only as a character, but also really as a person. Because she's really young. Like like they said, she's the youngest um, number one contender in WWE history. Like, she just graduated from high school just last year. So now, when you think about the fact that she's about to fight for one of the top titles in WWE and in NXT, it's really crazy to think about. And of course, this is happening um, this Tuesday too. So please check that out. Um, but either way, um, this segment was really funny and really cool to see her just get, you know, all of her love and support from Duke Hudson, who's been the substitute teacher for Andre Chase. I don't know where Andre Chase is and hopefully he'll come back soon. But yeah, it was just really cool 
to see her have that moment and, and that celebration. But yeah, um, big ups to the women's division at NXT. They're doing great things. Um, and of course, I did talk about Dana Brooke. And in this match, I felt like she did a pretty good job until, of course, her knee gave out on her and stuff. But I just really hated how the crowd really was just crapping on her out of nowhere. Um, hopefully, we'll get more of Dana Brooke, you know, after she heals up a little bit, I guess, kayfabe-wise or real-wise or whatever. But honestly, I just want more for Dana Brooke in NXT. And I want her to have a career renaissance. Like, if this is something that's going to work for her the same way that it did for Mandy Rose, like I mentioned earlier, then let's just let it work and not just, you know, be so impatient with the process. Like, let's chill out and just let her grow and find herself a little bit more before we just throw her away as a waste or as a failure. Because that's not fair. It's really not fair. And she's been with the company for such a long time. And I just want for her to find her biggest groove and find her renaissance. And once she finds it, it'll be great. So big ups to Dana Brooke in her match against Cora Jade. So, yeah. And then, of course, when it comes to more tag teams and NXT in the women's division, I love, 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 love Jakara Jackson and Lash Legend as a tag team with the metaphor with Oro Mensa and, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name right now. Oh my gosh. Noam Dar. Noam Dar. That's his name. I love, like, I feel weird. I felt weird about it the first time I saw it at Battleground. But honestly, the more I see Jakara and Lash together, the more I actually love it because it's just like you see these two black women being fabulous and hard and stuff, you know, in their match that they had at Gold Rush and everything. And it's just clicking and it makes sense to me. And I just really like it. Then on top of that, you have the tag team of Electra Lopez and Lola Vice. You know, they're amazing aesthetically, too. Like, I really like this. And then they're all such beautiful women just doing the dang thing. And I just love it. And plus, not to mention, it's really cool to see that um, two women that I met at Wale Mania who weren't necessarily on NXT television just yet, you know, go on now and it's June and now they're on television doing more stuff. It's just really, really sick. So I'm just really happy that these women that I met are just having a really great moment in NXT and that they're continuing to flourish and lash legend is clearly improving a whole lot more in the ring she won on nxt television and i know we have been waiting for the day she was going to win a match but thankfully she did so yes we're doing big things um it's just sad that they don't have the nxt women's tag team titles anymore with this but uh i don't know it's it's frustrating but yeah um and then we also have roxanne perez attacking Blair Davenport <laughs> because Blair Davenport was the mystery person attacking all the women in the locker room and Roxanne wasn't having it she was sick of being bullied so she ran up on Blair Davenport backstage and beat the crap out of her to the point to where the referees and security had to break them up and Blair Davenport low-key looked like she loved it and that she was happy about it and I'm just like girl you done made a, a you done made sweet Roxanne come out of herself like, Roxanne, she does not like being bullied, okay? So, I guess now we're going to see a new version of her. 
emerge that's a little bit rougher and tougher and i'm glad that we're getting to see this evolution of roxanne because i was afraid that maybe she would get lost in the shuffle in nxt because she didn't get called up to the main roster like she has been on the main roster shows like she was she participated in the royal rumble this year she was on an episode of smackdown like i was just like how come how come she didn't get called up in the draft but I guess now, you know, they just want to do more with her character, seeing as they lost so many other women in the draft and stuff. And since she's not the champion anymore, I guess now she's just going to explore this darker version of herself. And I'm actually okay with that. So big ups to Roxanne for standing up for herself and beating the crap out of Blair Davenport, who beat the crap out of you and your friends. So yeah, that was cool. And I believe that's all for what I liked for the women. Now, for the men's side, I'm going to get a little bit more serious here. Um, Von Wagner told a story on NXT Gold Rush, and I feel like a lot of people aren't really talking about as much, and I feel like they should be. Um, I've been on my show and Women's Wrestling Talk on previous NXT after shows and talked a little bit about how I felt about Von Wagner and wondering what his point was. Um on the roster and why is it that I wasn't fully connecting with him because he just seemed like yet another big guy that just fit a big guy aesthetic that they were just keeping around for muscle um but on this episode of NXT we saw a softer side to him that's been slowly coming out and now it's bloom in his fullest form he was telling his manager Robert Stone that a part of the reason why you know he's so tough and stuff is because as a child when he was a baby he had to have an operation on I believe his brain and once they had the operation um they didn't know whether or not he was going to live um through it and he was a really really young child and it's really hard for and he said it's even hard for his parents to talk about to this day but they weren't sure if he was going to make it through that operation, but he wound up making it out. But then because of the scars that were on his head, he was bullied a lot as a child because nobody understood why it is that he had these scars that made him look so um, different from everybody else. And because he opened up to that real part of himself, I thought it was really moving to see that he was opening up to Robert Stone and then opening up to us as an audience because for a while, a lot of people just didn't understand what the deal was with him, you know, and what was it that we just weren't connecting with with him. And the fact that he opened up and told this story and then also revealed that his father also used to be a wrestler too, you know, that was really interesting information to find out as well. Um, hopefully uh, on a later episode, I can talk about who his dad was, but Honestly, this segment was a home run because um, I'm a sucker for sentimental stories. And the fact that this is so real and it came from him and from a real life experience that he shared on television, which is something he didn't have to do, was just really amazing for me. And I feel like we aren't talking about it as much because it's not as popping as everything else. But at the same time, I feel like it's something that deserves recognition and it deserves to have more attention. And also kudos to Robert Stone for actually being that listening ear and actually, you know, wanting to hear more from Von Wagner and having him open up a whole lot more. So big ups to the both of them 
for this segment and big ups to Von Wagner for having the courage to be that vulnerable on camera. Like, seriously, you may be a big burly man, but deep down inside, you have a big heart. And I'm sorry for anything that I may have ever said about you that just didn't, you know, understand the point. But now I do get the point of view. And now we get to see more of you. So, yeah, Von Wagner love. That's great. Um, and then I also loved on NXT that Idris Enofe and Malik Blade are the number one contenders for the NXT Tag Team Championships against Gallus. I would really hope that these two chocolate men win um, because I love them together as a tag team, even though they did just fight each other last week. Um, them as a tag team is just really amazing stuff. Um, they're just really great. And I just want them to win the tag team titles. But even if they don't, of course, Gallus also still has to ha have their head on a swivel because they're dealing with Tony D'Angelo in jail, who has yet to be released, free Tony, um, and um, Stax. But either way, if Malik Blade and Idris Enofe wound up winning, I would be really excited about that. So big ups to them for winning that match because they really did it in a great fashion. And I hope to see more. I hope that even if they don't win the tag titles this week, that they'll win it down the road because they are so amazing together. And they just have an amazing look to each other. And they, they're just great. I just love them as a tag team. And also kudos to... um. Kudos to Idris Enofe because I actually met him at Wale Mania too. And he was really nice. So yeah. Um, big ups to big to um black tag teams. Love them. And then I love that Los Lotharios have made their way to NXT as well. That's really cool. So we don't know exactly what they have in store just yet, but they did get in Gallus's face backstage for those tag titles. So hopefully they'll find new life. Um on the NXT roster because on the main roster outside of them kissing women on the cheek which I did enjoy you know um there wasn't a whole lot to them you know they, they weren't given a whole lot to truly work with so maybe since they're at NXT now there'll be more that they can do so big ups to Angel Garza and Umberto Carrillo oh and Gable Steven wound up on NXT too hopefully he can get his brother together because Damon Kemp just tries to be a big bully when he has the face of a teddy bear and I'm just tired of it. I'm just really tired of it. And if you may or may not know, Gable Stevenson is the guy who won the gold medal for wrestling. I believe was it last year or two years ago. Um, he won the gold medal for wrestling in the Olympics and he is planning on going to the Olympics again, but he was signed to a deal with WWE and they had him on WrestleMania and then they had him on Raw a little bit, but he had yet to get in the ring and do anything. So maybe if he does pop up on NXT a whole lot more, this could be really good for him and maybe he can get his brother together because Damon Kemp is just acting up and I'm tired of it. So yeah, this was really cool. And of course, we have Mr. Seth Rollins, the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, showing up for his match against Braun Breaker. And he and I love this backstage segment where he was able to give props to Nathan Frazier, who, if you may or may not know, is one of his students from the Black and Brave Academy. Seth Rollins has a wrestling school and a few of my guests um, from the past have been trained by Seth Rollins, you know, in the past and stuff like that. So the idea of watching him, you know, give props to his student who won this big trophy, the Heritage Cup um, trophy, 
um, and stuff like that was just really cool. I really loved this segment. It was very heartfelt and it was just really cool. And I'm just like, oh my God, the teacher and the student, yay! It was so sweet. Um, just the idea that Seth Rollins balances being a husband, a father, a teacher, and a champion. Like, dude, do you sleep? Seth Rollins, do you sleep? But either way, this was just really nice. And I just love, I just love tender moments like this. But speaking of moments, we got this. This excited the crap out of me. Hold on. Let me make the screen bigger. This excited the crap out of me. Seth Rollins and Carmelo Hayes. I yelled when this happened. When this happened, I yelled. Because first of all, <laughs> y'all know that I love Carmelo Hayes here. Okay. I don't have to talk about it anymore, even though I'm going to talk about it later. Um... <laughs> I love Carmelo Hayes so much. So the idea that someone as talented as him actually got to rub elbows with Seth Rollins, who was the very first NXT champion, was just sick to me on a historical level. I lost my mind. I could not deal with it. And then they used each other's catchphrases. I was like, ah, what's that? What's that? It was just so cool. It was so cool. They were co-signing each other. But then what's so funny is Carmelo actually stole a glance or stole a stare at the heavyweight title. And Seth was like, hey, 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 keep your eyes on your title first, Junior. And I was just like, he didn't call him Junior. But I'm just like, oh, my God. It was just so cool. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Carmelo is next up. He's next up. He is next in line. Give it to us. Give us Seth versus Carmelo. Woo, woo. I would lose it. It would just be amazing. It would just be amazing. I'm sorry. But yeah, this was just really cool to see to see them sort of exchange, you know, respect for one another and use each other's, you know, catchphrases like Seth said, you know, I never miss. And I was like, ah! oh, my God, it was so cool. It was so cool. Oh, the future, the past informing the future. Oh, God, I love it. I love it so much. And then Trick Williams was there. You know, he was bigging up Carmelo the whole time. And one can't help but wonder. Maybe Trick Williams will be a champion someday. Maybe. Maybe. Do you see championship gold in Trick Williams' future? I think that's a good question to put out to the timeline. Who knows? But either way, this was cool. And moving on to more cool things. This segment between Baron Corbin and Carmelo Hayes. I'm going to make the screen big because <laughs> this segment was fire, but it wasn't, it was fire because of Carmelo. And I thought a lot of people in the comments, when I went back to watch this um, promo, were giving Baron Corbin a whole lot of credit. And I'm looking like, first of all, y'all giving this man way more credit than he actually deserves. Now, mind you, Baron Corbin is talented and he will keep you safe in the ring. You know, and he is entertaining because he's been a heel for so long and all of the above, da-da-da-da-da. But the things he was saying to Carmelo just kept rubbing me the wrong way, and it was just real stupid. Because he was just bragging about how when he changed his character to Happy Corbin and how it allowed him to buy a million-dollar house and stuff like that. And I'm just sitting here like, okay, you're talking about that million-dollar house and everything it was able to do for you money-wise, but sweetheart... 
what have you done for us wrestling wise that will have us talking about your legacy for years to come? I'll wait. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what's so funny was he was just being so reckless with Carmelo and then Carmelo, God bless him, was popping off on him multiple times. He said, look, at the age of 26, I was here at NXT and I won my breakout tournament. I won the breakout tournament and got my contract and won my first title at the age of 26. And at 26, you, Baron Corbin, got cut from the Arizona Cardinals. Because if you may or may not know, Baron Corbin used to play for the NFL, but he got cut. So he just, I guess he just decided to try wrestling instead after that point. But either way, you got cut from a football team at 26 years old. Now, Carmelo also proceeded to say that this may be the house that you guys built in the old black and gold era, but this is my house now. And I done built a couple of rooms. I done put in a couple of windows and I've even put on a new roof because I've torn that bitch down so many times. And I was just like, talk to him, Carmelo. And this spoke to something here because something that happens a whole lot, which does get on my nerves. And I'm going to talk about it right now. Something that gets on my nerves a whole lot is that we compare this era of NXT to the past era of NXT so much as a wrestling community that we almost sort of make the whole 2.0 era invisible and you want to ignore it like it didn't happen. And then you want to talk about this part of NXT, which isn't 2.0 anymore, but it's like a good little mixture between the black and gold and the 2.0. It's like, you barely want to pay attention to that. And it frustrates me. And it's just really frustrating because you can't just pick and choose the parts of NXT you want to be, you want to validate. No, you need to validate all of it. You need to validate the parts from FCW to NXT black and gold to NXT 2.0, because they did still have great matches on there. It just wasn't what you were used to. That's the problem. It just wasn't what you were used to. And because it wasn't what you were used to, and because us wrestling fans are very hesitant to change, it was just all like, oh, well, it's not what we used to know. And da da da, da So it's not NXT no more. I don't watch it no more. You've missed out. Because during the 2.0 NXT was where characters like Carmelo Hayes and so many other people that we see now were able to flourish. But y'all don't want to talk about that. It's really frustrating for me and I hate it. Like I consistently kept watching. I'm one of those people who kept watching NXT consistently every Tuesday, you know, when the change happened. Like I didn't stop because I'm going to keep watching wrestling. It doesn't matter. So it's just like, yo, give this stuff a chance. Give it a chance and don't just throw it away just because it's not what it used to be. Okay, there are a lot of things that aren't what it used to be. Do you not understand that when the black and gold era of NXT was going on, that was like, what, 2000, what, 14, 15, maybe 20, 2014, 15, 16, that's when that was going on. It is 2023. It's 2023. Things are going to change. People are going to change. Stuff is going to change. But as long as I feel like if you truly, you know, want to see who's going to be the future of the wrestling business, look no further than NXT because they do good stuff. And Carmelo is actually 
one of the number one prospects. And I'm not just saying that because, oh, well, you know, he's my fave or, and I'm not just saying that because, you know, I think he's cute or whatever. I mean, yeah, he's cute. He's handsome, whatever. I'm saying that because it's true. This man is talented. I have seen this man wrestle down with the best of them, wrestle down with Roderick Strong, wrestle down with Ricochet, wrestle down with every freaking body he's in the ring with. This man does not have a bad match. So I don't know what it is that people have against this era of NXT, but y'all really need to stop it. It's it's getting weird and I, I'm just tired of it. It's just getting really weird and I'm sick of it because this era of NXT is still doing good things. Just because it's not full of all of the stuff that you liked about wrestling during the whole what it was doesn't mean that it's still not good. The stuff still is good. Like, please watch it and give it a chance. And what Carmelo was saying here, you know, he gives respect and credit where credit is due. Baron Corbin was a part of that batch of the Black and Gold NXT. But what he did with it outside of being, you know, the lone wolf and then being a constable and being, you know, a do boy for the authority and all that other stuff. I mean, yeah, he did good character work. But when it comes to accomplishments, they're, they're very few and far between. Corbin was talking all that stuff about being in WrestleMania main events and all this other stuff. Sweetheart, you were not in a WrestleMania main event. Don't lie to us. Don't gaslight us, baby. The only WrestleMania moment I can think of that you really had was maybe you, I guess, you winning the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. That's the only moment I can remember you having at WrestleMania. Other than that, the last real moment you had at a WrestleMania was when Drew McIntyre kicked out of your end of days. And you wound up losing that match. So, baby, you are you coming in here in NXT talking to a man that's done everything in NXT that you weren't able to do. Corbin, you were never NXT champion. The NXT North American Championship didn't exist back then, but I'm more than sure you probably wouldn't have even won that. So you ain't finna talk crazy about Carmelo. Ain't nobody finna talk crazy about Carmelo. Because Carmelo don't miss and he's won every singles title in NXT that a man could possibly win. And then this is a black man doing this too. Now on top of that, he's like that young. This man ain't even 30 years old. And you just hitting your stride. I'm sorry, no. This is one of those moments where just because you're older doesn't mean you know everything. Tenure and being older does not speak to wisdom, baby. And Corbin, you don't have it. You ain't got it. Outside of your character work, there is nothing else that I can possibly remember that you've done. I'm more than sure if Carmelo had money in the bank, he would cash in at the perfect time and actually win. You had money in the bank and you lost. You lost it. I'm sorry. Corbin, you are not him. Carmelo is him. And that's all I have to say about that. Fam, thank you for watching. <laughs> thank you for watching. Thank you for watching. But yeah, like, no, you're not him. Stop it. But moving forward with the rest of what I liked in wrestling this week, I want to give a spotlight to WoW superheroes. I know this is running kind of long, but I just have to talk about what I liked in wrestling. And it's been a minute. WoW superheroes has been operating on a really great level. And I'm so happy to even be a little bit of a part of it through Women's Wrestling Talk because we consistently cover them every week with our after show with Katrina and Emily May. Please check it out on Mondays or later if you haven't already. Um, this match between Tormenta 
and Princess Ozzy was fire. It was really fire. And I believe this is yet another um, scenario where people aren't giving it a chance just because it doesn't look like either what it used to or it doesn't look like what we're used to seeing from women's wrestling as it has evolved or whatever. But just because these characters are a little bit different, you know, and the show is a little bit different does not mean that that the quality of the athleticism isn't there. And this match was living proof of it. Princess Ozzy tore the house down against Tormenta. Tormenta is an actually is actually from Mexico and is trained in lucha style wrestling. And the fact that Princess Ozzy was able to give her a quality level match never having done lucha wrestling before, which is absolutely fantastic to me. And if you haven't watched this match, please go on Wow Superheroes' YouTube and look at it. Or go on Pluto TV and look at it cuz you can do it for free. It is so good. It was so good. And Wild Superheroes has just been doing a phenomenal job with their women's talent. I feel like if you really love all of women's wrestling, you should really give this show a chance. Like, don't pick and choose. Support all of women's wrestling. I understand that it might not necessarily be your cup of tea, um, and that's valid. But at the same time, just give it a chance. Give it a chance. Because the work that those women do is fantastic. And then WOW is getting put on for a second season. And I'm so happy and so proud of them for that because their shows getting canceled left and right due to the writer's strike and so much, so much stuff like that. So the idea that WOW was able to survive, you know, even though it's on syndication and stuff like that, I'm really glad that it's got put on for a second season and we get to talk about it a whole lot more because the action that these women give, it's really good. It's bar none. It's really good. So yeah, it's cool. Princess Ozzy and Tormenta did the dang thing. So please check it out. Also, Penelope Pink, the WOW World Champion. She's been missing in action. And on Twitter, she told me it's because she's an attraction. And I get it because, of course, Roman Reigns does the same thing. So uh, <laughs> Penelope Pink, you know, hasn't been on WOW television lately. But it's because she feels she's an attraction. But next weekend, she will be on and she will be fighting Candy Crush. So... She's a really talented wrestler as well. So if you haven't had a chance to see her work on WoW, please check that out. Um, and yes, she is still my mortal enemy because I don't like the way the her her and her faction, the Fab Four with the Carlson twins and Lana Starr and Vicky Lynn McCoy be doing them girls on WoW. But either way, I will give credit where credit is due. Penelope is talented and she is a good WoW world champion. I will give her that. But we just don't see her as much. And... I low-key want to see her more, but yeah, Penelope is that girl. She's good, um, but yeah, I do want to see her on television more, but she wants to be an attraction, so, you know, we got that, so that's cool. Also, when it comes to women in wrestling, I want to give love and respect to Amber Rodriguez. Um, she's been on my show before in the past when... I was, when she and I were on the same show for um, the Belladonna division, I had the pleasure of meeting her and calling her action and she showed me so much love and I want to show her so much love because a few weeks ago she did have her final match on WOW um, Superheroes as herself as Amber Rodriguez, the mad esthetician um, against Razor, who is also a friend of women's wrestling talk as Sarah the Rebel. 
it was really good to see those two wrestle each other but amber rodriguez is now officially retired from the wrestling business and everything that she gave to the wrestling business was just so good and even though it made me a little sad to find out that she had retired i am still so very happy with what she had done in wrestling and how she continued in wrestling in spite of you know just stupid stuff that she had been through um from other idiots so i just wanted to give my love to amber rodriguez and how good this match was and how amazing her character work on WoW was when she was the Commander Sahara Spars and even when she transitioned into the fabulous, you know, Amber Rodriguez. And I can't wait to see more of what she has to offer outside of wrestling, but I just wanted to give my props and my love to her always because she was just so good and I was always so thrilled to see her on television and thrilled to talk about her all the time. So um, we love you here on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast, Amber Rodriguez, and we love you, Razor, too. So, yeah, Razor's the reason why I'm on Women's Wrestling Talk. So big ups to them, too. And of course, I still want to know who attacked the Beast. And when is she coming back? Because I feel like her versus Penelope Pink would eat as a wrestling match. But I'm low-key scared because I just don't know who attacked her. We haven't revisited that. Like who attacked the beast who re-injured this woman okay it's been too long and i need answers but yeah moving on to more of what i liked in wrestling this week i love the staging of collision i watched the very first episode of collision i wasn't able to watch yesterday's episode because it was date night you know work-life balance but i really loved the first episode because it felt really refreshing and I just loved the staging of it. Like it's way different than the other staging. Like it's really big and it's really clean. And it just looks like a bigger deal for a Saturday night show. Like I really love the staging of it. It just feels like, like it low-key, this show low-key feels like to me what WCW Nitro would have been like if it had got rebooted for 2023. Like it's really pretty. I like it a lot. It's cool. I like it. So big ups to whoever designed this because it's really clean looking. I like it a lot. Um, I also love that Sky Blue was able to have a, vict a victorious moment with Willow as her tag team partner against the Outsiders, Ruby Soho and Tony Storm, the AEW Women's World Champion. I love that because Sky is from Chicago. She was able to win in front of her hometown people looking as cute and double cheeked up as she wanted to be including willow too they did a phenomenal job in that match and sky blue is so crazy like the first time i saw sky blue wrestle it was at nwa empower weekend and even then you know she seemed you know pretty promising so to see her grow from then to now is just in two years time has just been really exciting so big ups to sky blue and willow nightingale for this victory and for their matching outfits um it's just really cool to see. So big ups to them for that. That was really cool with Collision. Then I love this match between Andrade El Idolo and Buddy Matthews, formerly known as Buddy Murphy. They tore their house down with their match, even though I was scared because it felt like they were injuring each other low-key. I was just like, bruh, please do not re-injure each other. Please don't hurt each other any more than what you've already done. And they really tore the house down with their match. It was really cool. Um, I could stand to see them fight each other again if they were to ever happen. But yeah, I feel like Andrade deserves a whole lot of more credit because he's just so good all the time. Um, 
his lucha work is really amazing like his acrobatics are really great his technical wrestling has definitely gotten a whole a whole whole lot better since he's been gone and I just cannot forget, you know, the great matches that him and Rey Mysterio gave us, especially that one that was in Birmingham on an episode of SmackDown Live that me and my boyfriend actually witnessed. Like, this man has been great for so long, and I feel like he deserves to be treated like it. Like, Andrade really is that dude, and he just deserves more credit. And I just loved everything about this match, especially him using his wife's finishing submission, the figure eight. Oh my God, this popped me so hard. I could not deal. I love love. I love love in wrestling. And the fact that he used the figure eight was just so amazing. I was just like, oh my God, love. Now, if only we could just get Montez to do the KOD. That would be fire. Oh my God, I would lose it. I would pop so hard. And then you also had Buddy... Oh, wait, no. I've moved on to the next thing. Buddy also used Rhea Ripley's um, finishing stretch muffler, too. And I thought that was really cool, too. So shout out to these men who are in love with such dominant women in wrestling. Like, oh, you love to see it. You love to see it. So moving forward, another thing that I found really interesting about Collision was the fact that Wardlow lost his TNT title for the umpteenth time to Luchasaurus and then not only did Luchasaurus win the title Christian Cage was with him and he took the title and he was celebrating with the title like he won it and I'm just like now I understand you're doing the heel thing but what made me mad was just the fact that sweetheart you may have interfered you know on behalf of Luchasaurus but you did not do all of the work so you posing with this belt and acting like you don't want the thing is very problematic for me and I'm gonna need for Luchasaurus to step up and not be weak in the knees don't be weak in the knees, stand up Luchasaurus, and take your title that you won that has your name on it now. Okay? You won it, so you celebrate with it. Don't take it from, don't, don't take that treatment from Christian Cage. Stop it! And then on top of that, what makes it even worse, it's just the fact that Wardlow, it seems like every time Wardlow wins his title back, he never keeps it for more than two weeks. It's sad. They keep playing hot potato, hot potato with it. And I wish they wouldn't do that. Like, can somebody just have like a substantial title reign with this belt, please? And they did show on um, Collision that Scorpio Sky is supposed to be coming back soon. And he was a TNT champion. I believe he was the first black TNT champion that they had. So big ups to him for that. But my thing is, the TNT title just needs an actual credible champion to keep it for months on end they really could have let powerhouse Hobbs keep it for a long period of time but they didn't do that and they gave it back to Warlow and then Warlow lost it again and then Warlow got it back and then he lost it again and it's just like yo stop it we really need to stop this y'all it's getting out of hand but Luchasaurus is the champion Christian is out here posing with the title like it's his I know that's gonna pose a problem for him later on down the line but either way it's interesting Najak was saying, El Idolo. Yes, babe. I get it. Um, <laughs> so moving on. I have to talk about this moment because this was precious. This wasn't a collision moment. This was an AW rampage moment. Um hey, Harley Cameron embarrassed herself on TV by saying that she felt like Anthony Bowens of the acclaimed was into him, was into her. 
And she was just like, we could start a family and, you know, we could be a cute couple. We would be so great and dominant or whatever. And then Anthony Bones was like, I don't know if you've been dropped on your head a billion times as a baby and you don't notice the colors on my trunks. But ma'am, I'm gay. And what's so beautiful is in the crowd, they were chanting, he's gay, he's gay, he's gay. He's gay and they did it in a positive way and that just made me so happy. I feel like that was that has to be one of the seminal moments when it comes to LGBTQIA plus moments that are progressive in wrestling. This has to be at the top of the list. It really has to be at the top of the list because for so long being anything different like that in terms of sexuality was always made fun of or made a joke out of or made into something that was supposed to be ugly and we're supposed to hate you for. And now, hopefully, we're turning a corner where it can be something that we can enjoy and embrace. And I'm happy that Anthony Bowens had that moment. And also, I'm happy that Anthony Bowens had a moment to model Savage X Fenty pajamas and underwear, y'all. That is so cool for him. So big ups to him having his big moments. And yeah, he's attractive. But yeah, he is gay and he has a he has a partner, a boyfriend, a husband. I don't know, but he's taken for those who are interested. But yeah, big ups to the LGBTQIA plus community in wrestling. We love you here at the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. Um, this is a safe space for you. This is just this was just an amazing moment. I'm glad that this happened for him and everybody loves the acclaimed and I do, too. So there. I love the acclaim. They're funny. So, yeah. Also, this coming Thursday, Miss Trinity, formerly known as Naomi, will be facing Jay. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Jay Vidal in an intergender match because he's been acting crazy on her lately. And I've had enough of it. And I want him to see my face when I say it because I'm going to share this clip. I've had enough of it. <laughs> Stop beating up on trinity okay see jay fidel thinks that just because he's running around with the quintessential diva giselle shaw who i actually like and who is growing on me a whole lot more as a villain you know the more i get into impact like he think that just because he running around with her that he could just beat up on her and treat her any kind of way and that's not gonna work and this all happened just because you forcibly took a selfie with her and pretended to be a fan and then made it seem like it was trinity's fault when you got fussed at by giselle shaw about it no that's not her fault that's your fault you got fussed at you can't take that out on her it's not trinity's fault that she's a celebrity and that she's that girl and you couldn't help yourself don't do that to her do not do that to her. And then the fact that you clotheslined her during her tag team match with Deanna Parato versus your two girls. I hated that. So this is why this match is taking place. But I really hope that Trinity does beat the brakes off of this boy because do boy Jay. He is not good people. He's not good people at all. You are not a good person. And then you're even more not of a good person, not only just because you fake. Because you was smiling up in Trinity's face. But just because of the fact that you hit her. No. That's not right. I understand this is wrestling. But that's still not right. In the street, do you not understand what would have happened to you if somebody saw you hit a woman like that? And here in Alabama, we don't play that. We would have pulled you off of her and probably beat us, beat you up ourselves. No, we don't play that. We don't play that here. No, we're not doing that here. That's not okay. So 
Jay, do boy Jay, you about to get it. And I'm excited to watch this. So big ups to Trinity and all that she's doing in Impact Wrestling. And I hope that she becomes a Knockouts World Champion. Because it's been forever since she's had singles goals. So y'all know what to do. <laughs> but yeah, that's something I'm excited about. And yeah, like I said, um, Giselle is growing on me as a heel. She's really growing on me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's cool. Now, to move into what I liked about SmackDown. Miss Charlotte Flair came out here looking like a Disney villain. I'm going to let y'all see right here for those who are watching. She came out looking like a Disney villain <laughs> with this robe on, with her gold on, looking fly with her straightened hair and everything like I love it when she has curls in her hair but when she straightens it like bone straight like it's cute too but this robe was fire and then her gear that she had on under it was fire too like she looked like a golden goddess that should have been walking around Themyscira with um Princess Diana slash Wonder Woman and all of her people she looked absolutely amazing here and then she even looked more amazing during her match with Lacey Evans when she did the tranquilo pose oh my god <laughs> Oh my God, I love it. She loves her husband and I love that for her, okay? I aspire for Mary tributes, okay? One day, Lord Jesus. But yeah, this is just the cutest thing ever. She looked absolutely amazing. And I did kind of wonder why she's fighting Lacey Evans, you know, but, and that was kind of random, which was a part of the discourse on Vince McMahon changing up the SmackDown card at the last minute. But either way, you know, Charlotte was able to show her dominance here, but then she got attacked by Asuka, who she's going to be fighting for the women's championship in the UK next this coming week. So that's going to be interesting. But um, I do find it strange that a lot of people really are feeling like Asuka might lose because of history and how it's happened with Asuka and Charlotte when it comes to... Um, them fighting for a title because Charlotte of course skipped the line in front of Bianca Belair annoyingly enough and you know challenged Asuka for this new title and it's just yo Asuka just won this title from Bianca Belair Night of Champions so for her to be treated as a transitional champion is not something that a lot of people would like but at the same time this Asuka is really cagey she's really crazy right so I really feel like the same Oscar that used the mist and whatever tactic she could to beat Bianca Belair for that title might do the same thing to Charlotte so let's not count Mama Oscar out just yet okay yeah Charlotte Flair is that girl and yeah she's looking to be a 15-time champion but don't just think that just because you know she's Miss Charlotte Flair that Oscar is just gonna lay, lay down and just let her have the new title which I love by the way so, yeah, I feel like Oscar will be okay, but even if she's not okay, it's still going to be interesting if Charlotte wins. And then Bianca is going to be watching from the wings because she's been banned from ringside by Adam Pierce, who's just trashed to her for no reason. Um, yeah, it's just going to be real interesting to see when all of that plays out this Friday. So, yeah, Miss Bianca. By the way, Miss Number One on the BRP 52 years in a row really looked like a beautiful bottle. 
a beautiful can of Dr. Pepper here. And it was gorgeous. I want to know who does her hair because whoever does her hair, I need to know. I need to know the secret because I need my hair done just like this. Um, <laughs> but either way, like Adam Pierce is really giving her to run around as if she wasn't the same woman who was the face of the women's division for a whole year. Stop playing in her face, Adam. Stop it. Like, give her her rematch the way that she deserves her rematch, okay? Before she decides to make matters worse. Like, this is low-key reminding me of how Sonya Deville was doing Trinity slash Naomi when she kept asking for matches over and over again and she kept ignoring her. This is exactly what it's giving. And I thought we were past this, but it looks like Adam Pearson picked up some bad habits and I'm gonna need for him to drop it real quick because this is the EST. You will not treat the EST like she's an afterthought, baby. She really is a champion and the EST without a title, unlike Charlotte. So I'm gonna need for you to stop acting like Charlotte runs everything and give Bianca her things run her her things okay stop playing with her don't play with her or else she's going to take matters into her own hands and I love that about Bianca this go round. she's not going to wait for people to give her anything she's going to take it and that's exactly how it has to be okay EST run up get done up and of course I love pretty deadly I'm so happy that Pretty Deadly's on the main roster and that they get to challenge for the tag titles that are currently being held by Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. They get to challenge for those and they did show up on the Grayson Waller effect, which was interesting um, for the most part. But I do want Grayson Waller to do more than just host a show. Like I want him to actually wrestle because they did sort of drop in the hint that him and AJ Styles could start their beef back. But then AJ Styles got put in the World Heavyweight title tournament and then after that he really ain't done nothing else outside of carrying cross so i don't know but either way this segment was cool and i love pretty deadly because they make me laugh um and because they're just really beautiful men that are just they're, they're just in their gimmick and they really get it and they love it so i really love it so yeah and finally <laughs> the bloodline crumbles to pieces this was fantastic to watch and i'm not gonna hold you i have rewatched this segment so many times on tiktok and youtube and all of the things that you would think that i was having like a binge-a-thon of the whole bloodline story and finally got to this part i loved every inch of jay uso taking us on this emotional ride trying to tell us who he finna choose between roman and them and his brother jimmy and when he said am and I'm out too and kicked him in the face. I swear I never yelled so loud. I was so excited for this. And the idea that he chose Jimmy over them. It's just so beautiful because that's his twin brother. And you want it. And Roman was so evil that he wanted to turn his turn his cousin against his other cousin. And they brothers. How dare you? They shared a womb together. You think I'm about to stab my twin my womb mate in the back for you that's not what that's not how this works sir i am so happy that he chose jimmy i really am and the fact that they gave him a double super kick for <laughs> for good measure was just amazing i've watched this too many times too many times this whole segment deserves 
the Emmys, okay? All of the Emmys. I know there's a writer's strike going on and there's a lot of television shows that aren't on right now and stuff like that. And yes, I am on the side of the writers. But sweetie, since there are no other television shows on at this point, just give SmackDown the Emmy and give Jay his Emmy because he be acting, okay? He be acting, Jimmy be acting, they all be acting. But most importantly, the Usos be giving us story. They give us cinema. They give us Hollywood, okay? Jay, and when he when he told this story to his brother, he was like, oh, so you know what's best for both of us, right? So I got to follow you all the time, just like when we was kids, all this other stuff. I had to put up with you and keep up with you. Mr. Prom King, Mr. Prom Prince, you know, most likely to succeed and all of that. And I was like, oh, that's when I knew it was getting real because that's the stuff that siblings really have to deal with when it comes to their older siblings. It's just like their older siblings do so much and they feel like they got to run behind them and try to keep up. Like that was real life. And that was really good. Like I, the way that they acted it out, I, tens across the board, tens across the board, they deserve all of the awards give jay the emmy engrave his real name on it and give him the emmy just give it to him just give it to him i don't care if the television academy has to make up a wwe or a wrestling themed emmy to do it give it to him do it give it to him that's all i have to say <laughs> but yeah on this episode of SmackDown this past weekend, they looked really free. And of course, they are ready to face off against their brother, Solo Sokoa and Roman Reigns and Money in the Bank and the Bloodline Civil War. And I'm ready. Like, I'm ready to see them fight. I'm really ready to see them fight each other. Because when it comes to the Usos, they are the best tag team in all of professional wrestling. I know it's like you have them. It's like you have them and you have FTR. And you had the Briscoes. Rest in peace to Jay. But literally, Jay and Jimmy are going to beat them. Because Jay is the only one that has Roman's number. And I didn't fully realize this until I saw a TikTok about it. But Jay has been the one to have pinned Roman Reigns multiple times. So, they have the advantage on their side. So, I cannot wait to see how this turns out. Money in the Bank is going to be lit between the Money in the Bank matches and Bloodlines of War. And then this being in London in front of a hot crowd at the O2 Arena. Oh, yeah, it's going to be lit. We are going to have a time, okay? It's going to be fun. And then you have LA Knight attacking Rey Mysterio. How do you hate this man? You attack Rey Mysterio. You put LA Knight, somebody that we love, in the ring with somebody else that we love. Why did they do this to us? But whatever. Then you had Solo attacking folks behind behind the scenes. Talking about, I'm not in the mood tonight. And I'm just like, I wouldn't be in the mood either. Because you chose Roman over your brothers. Choose your brothers, Solo. How about you do that? Be in the mood to choose your brothers. Do that. But whatever. That was cool too. But yeah, that's all I liked in wrestling this week. <laughs> it was a whole lot of stuff going on, but I just wanted to address it here on this episode. So now we're going to go to the call to action. So, of course, your girl Stephanie does lots of cool stuff with the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. 
And on top of being a podcast host, along with being a host with Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet, I'm also a writer for Women's Wrestling Talk. I'm also a color commentator and a panelist. And I've been featured on all of those fabulous places that you've seen on this picture with that picture of me. Um, So if you're looking to book me for any shows or book me for any, you know, panels that you've got going on, just hit a D hit me through the DMS um, on Instagram and Twitter at Queen Steph Hardy or on um, Instagram and Twitter at Hardy WrestlePod and Hardy Wrestling Podcast. And I will be sure to get in contact with you and we can work it out. I, yeah, my wrestling career is budding and it's growing more and more. So hopefully, you know, you'll see more of me on different shows and stuff as I continue to grow as a black woman in this wrestling space. So please book your girl, book your girl, book your girl, book your girl. And also I have a store. So if you haven't already visit foryourwear.com and check out the Hardy Wrestling Podcast store where I have T-Search t-shirts such as the bold and the bloodline shirt to reminisce on the past of when everything was cool between them and i also have my beyontes shirt because of course their anniversary just passed they've been married for five years so shout out to them they renewed their wedding vows so if you want to celebrate the greatest love story in all of professional wrestling between montez and bianca please buy the beyontes t-shirt in all sizes at the hardy wrestling podcast store And of course, I'm always still selling my Alabama wrestling t-shirt, which celebrates Alabama personalities um, in professional wrestling, such as Sensational Sherry, Teddy Long, Kayla Braxton, Paul Bearer, Deborah Fuego Del Sol, who just came back from an injury, by the way, and AQA, who was just recently featured on the Hot Wheels show on NBC. So if you want to buy those, buy the hoodie and the t-shirt in red and black in all sizes, please check out the Hardy Wrestling Podcast store at foryourwear.com slash Hardy Wrestling Podcast. So with that in mind, well, and then of course, if you want to find me, you can also find me, like I said, on the two after shows for Women's Wrestling Talk for SmackDown and Wild Women of Wrestling on Mondays and Fridays. So you can book in with me on the weekends <laughs> and when your week gets started, you can listen to what I have to say about Wild Women of Wrestling and the SmackDown after show on Fridays. So with that in mind, of course, this has been the Hardy Wrestling Podcast in the middle of the day <laughs> with your girl Stephanie Hardy. Please, please continue to support the show. The audio will be up pretty soon. I want to give credit um, to Spotify with Podcasters and credit to Simon Vision Media for my intro video. And of course, shout out to Wrestle and Flow Josiah Williams for the theme song to this fabulous show and this amazing platform. So until next time, this has been the Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl Stephanie Hardy. Bye, y'all.